going on, everybody? I'm your host, Eddie Styles, here with co-host Tanya Ruiz. And today, we will be going over the diet. Uh, pretty much what you need to know, what you should know, some myths, and uh, just to give a little background about our diet experience. Uh, yeah, pretty much that's it. So let's get straight into it. Tanya, what is your background with diet and nutrition? Give a little information about that. Uh, so for the past like two, two, three years, I've been doing a ketogenic diet or otherwise known as like a low carb diet. And I, um, I achieved most of my goals with that, but it just wasn't, um, it wasn't, a a good like place to, to stay at for me. I didn't really enjoy the foods that I was eating. I was miserable. So I kind of just gave that up. And now I eat pretty intuitively. So I kind of just eat a lot of high protein, um, even carbohydrates. Uh, and I'm really happy with what I eat now. I just make sure that I'm in a deficit. And yeah, I balance that out with uh, working out, doing some cardio. And yeah, I'm happy with my diet now. What about you? So I never experienced anything with keto. Uh, I'm always been more of an intuitive eater, which means uh, for anybody that doesn't know what an intuitive eater is or intuitive dieting, it's basically eating with your not counting calories, not worrying too much about it. It's just what you think is right and what you feel is right based off, you know, what goal you're trying to achieve. So with me, uh, I did in the beginning of my fitness journey, I did count calories for about two months. Uh, I was into very big into like weighing my food, uh, calorie counting, making sure I'm hitting my protein, my carbohydrates, my fats, making sure I'm hitting all that. And um, I stuck with it for about two months. And honestly, it was it wasn't very fun. You know, because you really have to make sure you're in the kitchen, you know, dedicated and weighing your food exactly to an exact measurement. And um, for me, it just wasn't sustainable long term. Uh, I definitely could do it. I do see myself doing it later on in the future, uh, hoping to compete, you know. But right now, I'm just going off what I feel is right, ensuring I am hitting my protein goals. Um and yeah, uh, give a little background about what what are some benefits when it comes to keto diet, since you have experience with that yourself. Okay, benefits. Let's see. Um, there's a lot of people that say that they have like a lot more energy. I personally did not, didn't feel that. Like there, there was a lot of people saying that there's um, kind of like a, like a tunnel vision kind of mental focus that you you gain from doing the ketogenic diet but I don't I don't agree like for me at least I didn't I didn't feel that way I just felt so so drained all the time my my athletic performance I I was weak like I was skinny and I thought that was good but I I was like really skinny and barely any muscle I was really weak it's yeah, it's there's for me personally there wasn't that much benefits other than meeting my my um my weight goal. So one of the 
that brings up a very good point. Um, if you notice, she was saying that for her specifically, not everything will work for you. You know, everybody's everybody has a different body. You know, something might work for me, might not work for you. And that's just, you know, nobody can actually tell you what's going to work for you. That's something you have to figure out by yourself, experiment with different things, do your research, learn more, stuff like that. Because at the end of the day, the only, only person who knows your body best is you. You know, no, you can't hire a trainer. You can't hire a coach. And, you know, they're going to know exactly what your body needs. So mm-hmm. for her, you know, that's how she felt on keto. But let's say if you go on keto, you might have tons of strength, tons of energy. You might feel totally opposite from her. That's just something you have to experiment uh, yourself. And uh, same thing we're working out. You can't really uh, follow someone's exact workout program and expect the same results, you know? Uh, so pretty simple, you know, just figure out what works for you, what you like to do, and uh, make sure it's sustainable. Because if it's not sustainable, if you don't enjoy doing it, what's the point, you know? If people think that, you know, they have to follow a strict diet, uh, only eating vegetables or eating small portion meals, uh, cutting out all your favorite food, stuff like that. It's not the case. You can have all of your favorite meals or favorite snacks in moderation, of course, uh, when dieting properly. It doesn't have to be dreadful. You don't have to, you know, feel upset or be stressed that, you know, you got to eat only salads, only vegetables. You know, it should be fun. You should enjoy your diet. You should love every food that you eat. It shouldn't feel like a chore because if it feels like a chore, then you're not, you're simply just not going to want to do it, you know? So, Tanya, give us a little bit of information about your macronutrients, your protein, your carbs, your fat. Give a little breakdown about each and uh, what is your take on those uh, intakes? Uh, I feel like it really, um, it depends on your goals. Like, let's say you are somebody that wants to compete, right? And you want to look like the best person on stage, you're going to have to like track everything you eat and your macronutrients are going to be very, um, very specific. And if you don't follow that, then, you know, you're obviously not going to meet your goals. But for someone like me, who's, you know, not looking to do that, you know, in the next year, maybe, but for someone like me who eats pretty like intuitively, I don't really track anything necessarily. Um, I kind of, the only thing I track is my protein. I make sure that it's always, you know, pretty high. And many, for many reasons, because it's very satiating. Um, It's good for you. And I train pretty hard. So, you know, you need protein. Um, Yeah, but that's what my macronutrients are looking like. So when she, when you hear, you're going to hear us say competing a lot in this episode, well, you'll just hear it here and there. What that means is you step on stage in a physique, physique competition. It basically is, you know, whatever category you're in, you go on stage. So it's, it's a showcase. You showcase, you show your body off, your muscles, uh, symmetry and all that. Those people who compete tend to be very low body fat percentage, which is not the healthiest. Uh, it just looks cool and it's only sustainable short term. 
Uh, they have they do have like powerlifting meets as well, which is also a form of competition, which is where a group of people test how test their strength, you know, in the compound lifts, squat, deadlift, bench, uh, see how heavy you can lift your one rep max. Um, one of the words she said was satiated, and that is a major major uh, term when it comes to diet and nutrition. That just basically means uh, how full you are after you eat and this is just really important because if you're not satiated after you eat you're going to want to keep eating and if you keep eating your calorie intake is getting higher it's getting higher and higher and higher and you're going to get out your calorie deficit and go into a calorie surplus and then you tend to gain weight that's that's what happens if you're in a surplus you're going to gain weight regardless um so your job should be to always be in a deficit, really, if you if that if your goal is to lose weight, um, if you're eating, so uh, one of my experiences I just did today is when I went upstairs, I noticed a pack of Oreos on my counter, and who's gonna turn down a pack of Oreos, right? So open a pack, pick out three or four, and uh, I just eat the Oreos, and I was kind of curious on the amount of calories inside the Oreos, so pick it up. I look at the nutrition label and the serving size is two Oreos, two full Oreos, 29 grams, I believe. And uh, the amount of calories was 190 calories for two Oreos. And, you know, if you if you were if you have experience with calculating your food and calorie counting, you know, that's a lot for such a small amount. I could eat probably eat like 15, 20 Oreos, but literally just two Oreos is 190 calories. And to kind of give you a good idea, a pound of watermelon is only 140 calories. Now, that's probably hard to imagine, but a pound of watermelon, that's a lot. That's going to leave you pretty satiated. It, it's honestly pretty hard. It'd probably be pretty hard for most people to eat a pound of watermelon, you know? So it's just, you know, learning more on what the calories are, what foods are calorie dense, which means they have a lot of calories and uh, find out what foods are low calorie dense. So foods that don't have a lot of calories. Um, people tend to fiber intake is something that people tend to lack. And fiber is basically what keep, what makes you satiated. Uh, so the more fiber you have in your diet, the more full you'll feel, the more satiated you'll be. So, that's definitely something to be on the lookout for. You know, if you struggle with weight loss, um, definitely eat bigger quantities of food. That's going to give you lower calories because if you're full, you're not going to want to eat. So uh, let's talk about bulking, calorie surplus. You want to give a little bit of background about what a bulk is, what a calorie surplus is, just a little bit more information about that. Yeah, so basically a bulk is like when you're eating in a caloric surplus so you're not trying to cut you're not trying to lose body fat you're actually trying to gain weight um people do different types of bulking there's like a, a clean bulk and then there's or a lean bulk same thing and then there's like a dirty bulk which is you eat whatever you kind of just eat anything um it's not the healthiest but 
some people do it and some people still achieve their goals. It really just depends on your goals and what you want to do, what you want to look like. Uh, most people do it during the winter time. I don't know why. It's like a common thing. Um, I personally have never done that and I don't ever plan on doing that because it's, I just honestly, I can't eat that much. Like I eat a lot, but it's still under a deficit and that's a lot of food for me. So I would never see myself doing that unless it was like for a, a food challenge or something. But that's my take on that. So that, 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 that's a, I agree a hundred percent. Um, a bulk is basically, like she said, calorie surplus. You're eating more calories than maintenance. So your maintenance calories, little background, is if you eat that amount of calories, you're going to stay at your current weight. So let's say you're 150 pounds and your maintenance calories is 2,000 calories a day. If you eat 2,000 calories a day, you're going to stay at that weight continuously, you know, no matter what you eat. Um, it's all a number game. So if you're going over the 2,000 calories, if your body weighs 150 pounds, you're going to gain weight. And people who um, they, have they have trouble with weight loss, they're always they're eating a calorie surplus majority of the time. You know, so uh, for somebody who's very skinny, very low body fat, they'll, uh, they want to bulk up. They want to put on some muscle and they're, they think that being in a surplus is going to give them muscle, which is not the case. It's not the case at all. Like she said, there are the two types of bulk. Uh, you have your, your clean bulk and you have your dirty bulk. So she was 100% correct on both of them. A lean bulk is when you're eating in a surplus, but you're eating relatively clean foods. Now, this can be, a, this can be very difficult since if you're eating relatively clean foods and low-calorie-dense foods, you're going to have to yeah, eat a lot. Yeah, you're going to be really full. And yeah, it's really, really difficult. Um, but a dirty bulk, you can have eight Oreo cookies and, you know, eat a meal after and then have another eight Oreo cookies. The goal is to, to put on weight. And um, it's a lot easier. I think the main difference is with the, uh, the lean bulk, obviously, you're going to be putting on more muscle because you're not eating really you know like fatty foods you're, you're eating pretty lean stuff like protein mm -hmm. stuff like that so if you really just want muscle then you would want to do like the, the lean bulk but if you just want to pack on weight you know more power to you go ahead go for it yeah i, I would never uh advise somebody to do a dirty bulk just because it's not the mm -hmm. healthiest you know you're gonna put on a lot of body fat in a short amount of time and uh, if you're not able to uh, deal with that mentally, then it's not for you. Um, a lot of skinnier guys are, they feel insecure about, you know, being super skinny. Speaking on uh, ex personal experience, I started off very skinny and I thought the only way for me to put on muscle was to dirty bulk. And I was eating like crazy. And then once I gained a little bit of more knowledge, I was like, this is not it. Let me switch over to a lean bulk, which is more sustainable, more healthy, and it's just going to help put on more quality muscle, more quality weight at that. So um, the reason why bulking is a thing is because when you have more weight on your frame, 
whether it's fat or muscle, you're going to be stronger. So when you're stronger, you get to increase your training volume, which is going to entail increased muscle mass. So the heavier you lift or the more volume you do when you train, the more muscle mass you'll put on. And then that that's honestly the main reason for bulking. Um, is it necessary? No, it's definitely not. You could be in a calorie deficit and still put on some muscle. Uh, is it going to be as quick and effective? No, but it's it'll be more healthy, more sustainable. You'll put on muscle with very minimal minimal fat, which is you know if you're into fitness for the aesthetics of it, the looks, then that's definitely the way to go. But if you're just skinny, you know you're not you're not happy with how you look. Try a lean bulk, you know, try to put on some weight. Um, you notice that if you really start paying attention to your calories or your, your caloric intake and, you know, really start watching what you eat and making sure you're going in a surplus, you'll notice your weight will go up. Now, another great, great thing about dieting is your water intake. What is... Uh, we want to talk about a little bit about why water intake is so important and some benefits. So it has. water. Uh, so basically water is like the most important thing in this world, right? Other than food. <laughs> um, for a woman, you have to have, I think, what is it? It's like 2.5, I think, liters a day. Again. Mom keeps calling me. I'm just going to keep fucking declining her. Anyways, a gallon has 3.8 liters. So basically, the more water, the better. Obviously, there's many pros to that. Um, some people get clearer skin. Some people just feel better. They feel more. Um... And since I started drinking a lot of water, like every day, um, I just feel so much better. You just feel like your, your, your muscles, everything just feel more, uh, lubricated and, there's just so much benefits to it. Um, yeah. So she, all great points, all great points. Um, not only with functionality and uh, how do you say it? It's just overall going to improve it's your very, uh, quality beneficial. of life. Very. So uh, when it comes to dieting and weight loss, Water is super important. Um, you got to stay hydrated, first of all. And a uh, little tip that I tell all my weight loss clients is when, you're, when you feel hungry, have a sip of water. Drink some water. People tend, your body tends to confuse hunger mm. with thirst. And a lot of people don't know that. They think that, oh, when I'm hungry. I want some food. And you're eating more. You know, you're going to a calorie surplus, you're going to gain weight. Try it out. If you feel like you're hungry, 
have a sip of water. If you know you're still hungry, <clears throat> drink some more water. You know, keep drinking. And, you know, 10, 15 minutes later, if you're still hungry, okay, it's probably hunger. You're probably hungry. You know, uh, look at when's the last time you had your meal, your last meal. You know, if it's, you know, anything over three hours, you're probably hungry. But if you just ate an hour ago and you're feeling a little bit hungry, you're just thirsty. Drink some water, you know. Uh, it's also going to expand your stomach. Uh, before, you, if you really struggle with weight loss and you always tend to overeat, have a bottle of water or 16 ounces before a meal, five minutes before a meal. You don't have to chug it. Have the water, drink it. It's going to expand your stomach. And then you got to give it time to give your brain time to think, okay, I'm pretty, my stomach's pretty expanded. There's not a lot of room left in there. Let me not eat so much since there's not a lot of room. So I tell all my clients that, especially if they want quicker progress with the weight loss, I always say have at least 16 ounces of water before a meal. It's going to help you dramatically. It's going to help you control your eating, control your cravings, and just make you more full faster. And the less you eat, the easier it would be to be in a calorie deficit. You know, most people are actually uh, so, like, dehydrated. They don't know it. Good, good point. Good point. So, yeah, if you're not a water drinker, definitely start. You don't have to drink, you know, two gallons a day. It's not, you know, start, start small. You know, have a half a bottle one day. Next day, have 75% of a water bottle. Next day, have a full water bottle. Just keep going from there. You know, if you um, go off Amazon and get like one of those big jugs that have the time with the water, fill it up, put in the refrigerator overnight, wake up, and boom, you have your water for the day. Start somewhere. Um, you you don't have to go right into it. You have to crawl before you can run. Pretty sure everybody knows that saying, but it's very true, you know, especially when it comes to fitness, not only with your diet, but your training as well. How do you feel about uh, water enhancers? Like the, um, the little uh, flavored things? Those can be very beneficial, extremely beneficial because people, some people like me, I can drink water all day. I only, I mainly drink water. If I'm having something else, probably like a, a sugar-free Gatorade or a Monster Energy drink. Uh, sugar-free, of course, but I can drink water with every meal. Uh, I can drink it as soon as I wake up, but not a, mm-hmm. not a lot of people can be like that. A lot of people, oh, it's boring. Uh, I don't want to do it. Don't doesn't taste good. Get a get a sugar answer. Get a I mean yeah, taste my, answer stuff like that. My There's whole family they they don't drink water because uh, they say that they don't it doesn't taste like anything, and they just they completely avoid it. And so they drink what well, they drink regular Coke, right? And I'm like, well, why don't you just drink Diet Coke? It's literally zero calories. It has no sugar in it. It has a sweetener, which is actually going to make it taste sweeter than regular uh, Coke. And they're like, oh, no, you could taste the difference. There's just no winning with these people. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a lot of people. A lot of people think like that. And they have that mindset. Uh, 
she actually brought up a very good point that can go into a great discussion. Um, let's say you're at McDonald's and you're with your, your best friend and you, you're, you know, you're following your diet, you're doing good, you know, you're not supposed to have the McDonald's. So you're, and you just had a meal. Let's say that, right. Your friend gets a, a large fries, large order of fries and uh, fries are, fries are good. You know, I can't say I never had McDonald's in my life. I see McDonald's all the time, and I love their French fries. And if you don't like you French weird. fries from McDonald's, <laughs> I don't. Yeah, you're probably uh, from out of this planet. But uh, if you notice the fries, they're super salty, super salty. Try having one fry. If you have one fry, you're gonna want another one. Then you're gonna want another one. The sodium is going to make you want more. And People think that when they're thirsty, their thirst is going to be quenched by soda, by sugar. And if you have a sip of soda, it you're going to want to keep drinking makes the you soda. Thirstier. That, that's crazy. It, 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 exactly. Exactly. So it's going to keep making you thirsty. You're then now drinking calories. And then now you can't stop eating the french fries. Now you finish that, and you're like, wow, I want more. If you. If you feel like you're thirsty or you're eating something with that's very salty, don't have a sugary beverage that has cal that has high calories. If you're gonna have a beverage with something that's uh, sodium content is high, have water. Water will always quench your thirst faster than a sugary drink, a soda, or stuff like that. Now, what is um? Oh, lost my train of thought. My brain fart. Now, what what do you uh, what do you take on meal prep, cooking meals freshly, and what are the benefits, pros and cons between both? What do you think? so personally? I hate meal prepping unless it's for like an event or like a like a party or if I know I'm going to like a party or something where there's gonna be junk food, I'm gonna meal prep. But just doing it on a on a, like a weekly basis hell no i can't i it's just it's too much cooking and then i like to just have different stuff every day and i i like to have it like you know just cook it at that moment so personally i would rather cook every day than to have like meal prepped you know little containers um there mm. i honestly i don't think there's really cons to to either one um, they're both pros because you're following your your diet. You're you have everything hopefully measured out and everything. Um, it just really depends on what you prefer and if you have the time to do it. If you have the flexibility in your schedule to do it. If you can cook three times a day, do it. If you can't and you have to, you're forced to um, to meal prep things. And you don't mind, you know, heating up, microwaving your food, go for it. You know, it's really um, based off of what you like doing and what you what you can do. Mm -hmm. So uh, what my experience with meal prep is, like I said, my first two months, I started with meal prep. I was super consistent, super dedicated. But I was in the kitchen for two hours on Sunday, uh, making sure I have everything perfect. And it was very time consuming. I could have been doing a lot different, a lot more different things with my time rather than cooking, doing the dishes, measuring everything out, doing all that. 
it takes a lot of time. Uh, of course, when you first start, it's going to take a lot longer than what it is for, let's say, three years down the road. If you keep doing meal prep, it's going to be a lot more simple and uh, get done a lot more quicker uh, once you get more experience with it. Some of the pro meal prepping is actually very great if, one, you can consecutively eat the same foods throughout the same week. I know a lot of people, a lot of my clients they can't eat the same foods back to back. Like let's say they have chicken, broccoli, rice Monday. They can't have chicken, broccoli, rice on Tuesday. They got to switch it up, you know, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's, that's perfectly fine. If you're in that category to where you can't eat, you can't eat the same thing back to back. You don't have to, it's not a requirement, you know, it's just very uh, easy to track it. So mm-hmm. like I said, you don't have to, eat the same, you know, lunch every day, Monday through Sunday. You don't have to eat the same breakfast. Uh, So you don't have to meal prep. If meal prep is not for you, you don't got to do it. Meal prep is very time, could be time effective. Uh, Like I said, you're going to have to put that that one day to where you have up to three hours of cook, but then you get everything done. You're set for the week. You don't have to worry about, you know, oh, what am I going to eat today? Because you have your Tupperware, you have mm-hmm. your container of food, and um, a lot of people they struggle with that because oh, I, I don't have food, I don't want to go in the cook. I'm tired. I just got off of work. Just that pulled a double. Uh, I'm tired. There's a McDonald's right there. Let me just go to McDonald's. As a you know, they tend to give into that, and you just got to find what works for you, what's effective, and what you like to do. Meal prepping can be great if. It works for you, but if not, don't force it because then it would feel like a chore, and you're not gonna want to do it, and it's just gonna over this, you know, make the experience less enjoyable for you. But cooking your meals freshly can be very, very, very effective, but also be time-consuming as well, because if you're eating, you have to cook three times a day. You have to cook your breakfast fresh in the morning. You have to cook your lunch in the afternoon. You have to cook your dinner later on in the day. can be very time-consuming. But if you're, you know, one of the people that enjoy having a freshly cooked meal, then go for it. You know, a lot of people, they don't have that capability to, capability to where they, let's say they work from home to where they can just get up, go to the kitchen, cook something up real quick. Uh, they, they just don't have that capability because they're not home. Or let's say they work... 45 minutes away from their house, they're not going to want to drive back to the house to... All right, so if you heard um, the dogs barking in the background, I'll probably edit that... Uh, probably edit out that one section to where, you know, we had to handle that little little issue. But back to the conversation, um, find what works for you. If meal prepping is not for you, don't do it. If cooking your meals freshly is not for you, don't do it. Find what you like. Find what you like, and just work on it. So that's pretty much my take about meal prepping. Uh, I currently do cook my meals freshly every day. Now that I have the available uh, time for it, I can cook my breakfast. I can cook my lunch. Cook my dinner freshly. Uh, like I said, I did experiment with meal prepping at first. Give it a try. You know, try it out for a week or two. If you don't like it. Try cooking your meals fresh 
every day for a week or two. See what you like. See what you don't like. Um, what do you feel? How do you feel about the the companies that cook your meals and send it to you? I think it's an amazing idea, and I think that if I was rich, I would probably have that as like a everyday thing, maybe. But they are kind of pricey. I mean, the I. I would say those are for people who are like extremely busy. Like I'm talking people who work two jobs. Please stop. People who work like two jobs. Um, yeah, I would say it's for people who really just don't have the time to cook or even meal prep because on the days that they're supposed to meal prep, they're busy doing other things like laundry or, you know, just chores or they have kids, you know, not everybody has the time to do that so i would say that is mostly for people who are extremely busy and have the money to do it so yeah it's uh it could be great you know you don't have to cook you don't have to worry about it uh you put your goals in and they'll make their make diet make the uh meals cater to your goals Mm -hmm. but it can be very expensive just like she said uh I just got a text, but um, yeah, like if that if that works for you, if that's what you like, go for it. You know, if you can afford it, go for it. But you know, looking into services like that, they are very expensive, very expensive. What are some uh, what are some tips you would give some, to somebody who is struggling with weight loss and wants to lose weight sustainably? They're not. Or matter of fact, what would you say to somebody who wants to lose weight now? They want to lose 20 pounds in a month. What would you say? I would say, honestly, I would say that they should find, they should find a diet that works for them. They should find the foods that work for them the best. Um, Obviously, be put on a caloric deficit and to not get upset if they don't reach that goal, you know, cause that is a, like a huge, um, like short-term goal to, to reach. Um, if, if they were to reach it, that's awesome. But if it, like I said, if they don't, I wouldn't want them to get upset about it or to beat themselves up about it. Like a lot of people, they do like a diet and for a week, two weeks, and then they don't get the results that they were expecting. So then they just give up and, you know, just gain all the weight, all the hard work that they, that they put in for the first two weeks. They just give up. Um, I would personally just say to be happy with whatever weight loss you, you made, you know, like if you lost, if your goal was to lose 20 pounds in a month, but you only lost 10 that's still amazing. You lost 10 pounds. Like that, that's pretty amazing to me. Um, yeah, that's what I would say. So that's what people tend to fall into that same, that, uh, I want this now. I can't wait. I don't want to wait. Uh, whether your goal is weight loss or your goal is muscle gain. Mm-hmm. They want the results. Now people have very, very little patience speaking from, experience of course i was one of the people who i needed to gain muscle i needed to build some muscle on my chest get the six-pack abs 
get the broad shoulders. I wanted it fast. I would look up all the videos, all do some research of how to build a bigger chest, how to build a bigger back, how to build bigger arms. And you just got to have patience. You can hear this, uh, this phrase a lot in the fitness industry or fitness in general. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You know, be patient. You can't, it's possible to lose 20 pounds in two weeks. Very possible. But is it healthy? Oh, mm. no, it's not. It's not healthy at all. You know, I I would say half a pound to a pound a week is crazy progress. It's really good progress. And you're gonna. it's going to be more sustainable. Let's say you drop 20 pounds in two weeks and you have a, a bad, the third week is like really bad to where you're, going out or you're eating a lot more, you're going to gain that shit right back. So slower, steady progress is going to be more effective, more efficient than quick, easy progress. Mm -hmm. And I tell that to everybody, you know, there's, if you want fast results, you're they're not going to be sustainable. You need to bring it, bring your like, calm down <laughs> and, you know, be patient. You just need Honestly, it's it kind of sounds rude, but like you need to be realistic. You know, your your body is mm -hmm. not going to change overnight. Your body is not going to change, you know, in a week, maybe two weeks, three weeks. It's going to take time. You know, in a month, you might see results, but I'm sure it's not where you want to be exactly. You know, some people, they want to look like some people are really like obese, right? And they want to have um they want to have a body like uh i don't know chris bumstein right but you have to understand that your your body is your body and his body is his body you're not going to get the same results as him you might you never know um you have to be fine with wherever that leads you to if you're working your ass off in the gym if you're um, working your ass off with dieting and you, you get like a six pack, but it doesn't look the same way as his, you, you need to be fine with that because that's just your body. And that's just how it is. You know, a lot of people aren't very realistic with their goals. They kind of, they kind of look up the easiest ways to get shit done. And that's not the way to go about it. Cause those, those goals, like they're, those 30 pounds that you want to lose are going to come right back. So what is the point of working so hard this month to just you know gain it all back next month like what is the point that that's a very good point uh sorry you're good you're good. I was, you're good all right so that was a very good point that you know your abs might not look the same as chris bumstead's um that that goes into genetics we won't talk too much about genetics here but we'll talk about it a little right now just because Everybody has different genetics. Nobody's genetics are the same. Um, your weight loss journey might be different from another person's weight loss journey. Uh, let's take person A and person B, for example. Person A is a uh, 160-pound female, overweight, uh, about five foot. And let's take the same person, person B, who is five foot, same weight, their goal is to is for weight loss, right? 
So let's say a person, let's say they follow the same diet, the same workout program, and they stick with it consistently for, let's say, four weeks. No, let's, let's say eight weeks. So they're on the same diet. They're on the same workout program. They're doing everything the mm-hmm. same. And let's not get too complicated and add their daily life or, you know, what they do for work or, you know, stuff like that. Let's keep it simple. Person A just might burn or lose up to 10 pounds in eight weeks, which is phenomenal. It's phenomenal progress. It's over a pound a week. It's like about a pound, 1.2 pounds, mm-hmm. maybe. I don't know exact, but she might lose 10 pounds in eight weeks, which is phenomenal. No matter anything is better than nothing. That's how you mm-hmm. got to think about it. Person B might only lose four pounds. And you're, you might think like, oh, why? If she's doing this and I'm doing this, why is, why is our weight loss different, totally different? It's genetics, your metabolism, how fast you burn calories. You know, like, like it, it's never mm-hmm. guaranteed. You just got to find what works for you, what you like to do. And that might be the case with you. You might be losing half a pound a week. And slow progress it is. And I, I know it will be frustrating. Uh, speaking from experience, of course, when I was on my weight gain journey, I wanted to put on weight, you know, uh, and I was always looking to, uh, how do you say it, wanted to put on muscle quick, you know, and I was wanting the faster results, but seeing a half a pound gain, I was like, what? Like, I was just eating in a surplus entire week, you know, so that's that. And uh, do you have anything else that you would uh, recommend for somebody weight loss? Just be patient. Be patient and, you know, and, oh my God. Yeah, yeah, shut up, please. There's no one there. Sorry. Be patient and um, just work your ass off, you know, with the dieting, mm-hmm. um, going to the gym course uh train harder than last time you know depending on your goals uh if you want to build muscle you know progressive overload but just even at the gym if you all you do is cardio at like or high intensity stuff just you know work your ass off every single time you go in the gym you eventually will meet your goals you will um you'll get to that goal weight but it for you it might take a longer time than your best friend it might take a longer time than like your aunt who lost like 30 pounds in three months, you know, don't, don't compare yourself to other people. That bring, yeah, I agree hundred percent. Um, patience is key. Slow study progress is going to be more sustainable. Focus on the diet, focus on what you like and just build off of that. Uh, if you have any questions, you can find us on any social media. Uh, put the put our Instagrams and all that stuff in the description box below. And uh, yeah, feel free to reach out to us anytime. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one. So how was?